Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you and welcome to the podcast to the Reversion to Mediocrity. I have got a very special guest. I am honored, I am humbled, I am all those things and a whole lot more, but we have uh, Claire Dupree on today. Now, for those of you who don't know, Claire is probably one of the most hardworking people I've ever come across. And I don't say that lightly. So, Claire, welcome to the show. I'm so happy for you to be here. Thanks, Norman. Thanks for inviting me. Um, for me, it's an honor as well, really. I always, like, whenever I get asked to do these things, like, I don't think people realize, for me, I can't believe that people are looking onto my life and thinking that way, which is like it is. It's very cool for me to hear that. No, well, Claire, I mean, it's only a pleasure. And I think that's a really interesting thing is that, for someone as who's achieved as many things as you have, or at least from an outside perspective, right? Because most people only see one side of the story, but you, the actual person who's doing all this, why is it that you sometimes kind of feel like it's what, what you're doing isn't worthy, or not, I wouldn't say worthy, it's a harsh word, but why is it that you feel like it's weird for you that people wouldn't notice what you're doing and kind of look and be like, wow, you're amazing. Like, for me, I just feel that the way I conduct myself and sort of my everyday life and my goals, that's normal, sort of normal common practice for me. Um, mm. And I, when I'm stagnant, I feel like I feel idle and I feel a bit useless. Um, so I, I'm constantly pushing myself. But to me, that's normal. And I don't realize that, like, not everyone has that sort of drive and work ethic yeah. and like just craving for more in life. Um, so for me, yeah, it's normal. But for other people, I do. People say that to me all the time. You work so hard. You work so hard. And like, I sort of think it's normal. Yeah. For you, it's like, this is just second nature. This is not even a thing what are you talking exactly. about. Which is not healthy, which is probably not entirely well, healthy. I mean, I think that's an interesting thing because where do you get this from? Are you aware of where you've gotten this side of you that makes you so ambitious to achieve? I think, you know, like I've worked my whole life. I mean, even before it was the legal age to work, I was working and hustling and I, I always had to work for what I wanted. And I also yeah. come from a family where like things were not just given to you and you had to work for them and earn them. And um, if I wanted spending money when I was a teen, I had to get it myself. Otherwise, you know, there was none. So I think it's like, yeah. it stems from there. And it was just like almost addictive then that feeling of, of work and work and achieve and get rewarded work, you know, achieve, get rewarded. And like, just makes you hungry for it even more. You know, what's really interesting about that, Claire, is that you know, for those of you who are listening in and don't know, me and Claire actually went to the same school together. So we've actually, we have known each other for quite a while now. But I think what's really interesting from my point of view is that looking at you back in the day, I would have never assumed or thought that this was your reality and this is how you felt because I know that like, and there was a group of you guys who were like very super smart in school. And like, I know you guys are like did really well in school. And so it was such a single sided story because I think a lot of people would look at people like yourself who are such high achievers, even in school days and be like, 
well, where does this entrepreneurial part come from? Because that doesn't seem normal. Yeah, I, I also think so. Um, and, you know, I like I've done the, uh, like I studied and I didn't want to study what I studied, but because I was an achiever in school, it was kind of, you had to go and, and study, uh, you know, there's like five things that smart people could go study. Yeah. And I chose one of them. And um, I what just... Was it? It was like what did you study? I said, no ways. I didn't know that you were studying law. That is insane. And I just was so unhappy studying it. Um, and then like I travelled a bit and I came back and I started working for someone else, and it just never felt right to me. Oh. I just didn't oh, want did like. To, to say, where you, did you work? Um. So I was. I was working for a property company when I um, I was young. I was I think I was 22. I just came back from yeah. traveling, and it was kind of like the first job I could secure while I was still um, overseas. And okay. um, I I just never sat well with me to work for someone else, and it like it's it's a bizarre feeling, but it just. It, I just wanted more for myself always. And I know there's lots of people that are comfortable in those positions. Um, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having that security. And sometimes it's actually really peaceful to have that security. But I just wanted to push myself a little bit more. Uh, and I, that's it, really. There's not much more to it. I think, though, there's such a deep level of self, self-awareness, though, that you had at such a young age, which speaks volumes of... of you know, you as a person and your character, because I think if I had to look back in my own life, I think if there's one thing I wish I'd learned more in my earlier ages was self-awareness. And the, to be fair, I think we all every day we're developing our self-awareness just a little bit more, but it seemed like you had it from a young age where you knew that mm, looking for someone, not really my vibe. And so this is what I'm going to do. And just to let, put everybody in, in the picture here, if you don't already know who Claire is, Claire has a host of businesses that she is involved in. Uh, the most, I guess, prolific one is the Honest Food Store. And I'm going to get into that. But was that your first run at running a business? Or were there other things that you tried in the beginning before you got to, to do that? Uh, so before that, I actually had a little pop-up juice bar, um, which I still have. Uh, it's like mm -hmm. a little side hustle. Um, and I started making cold-pressed juices at functions and events and markets. Uh, and I would spend my weekends doing that. So I would work sort of um, a nine-to-fiver during the week. And then on weekends, I would have my first side hustle. And uh, that was cool. And that kind of sort of blossomed into the, the food side as well. I still have mm -hmm. uh, the juice bar um, and I sell like juice cleansers and stuff. So that's just on the side. Really cool. And is that the Impresso? Yeah, thing? that's that. Fantastic. Do you know what? I'm such a fan of that, by the way, of, of Impressed juices. I love them. It's been a while. I've got to be honest. It's been a while since I've had one. But, I mean, what was the thinking behind, let's try start a juice bar? Because that's, I guess, back in the day, and we, a few years ago, that was still very niche. Mm, it was niche. It wasn't a thing. And there weren't really any. Like, and I'm trying to think to Joburg. I know Cape Town had a couple already. But here, there were really none. Um, you had, like, your sort of generic 
brands that had been around for a while. But um, oh. the thinking was to kind of make like a cool brand that is relatable to youngsters so that um, yeah. being healthy can become a cool thing. And yeah, I remember like, I took my like my thirteenth check, which was like minuscule, and I bought a a juicer, and they're damn expensive. And I bought like a juicer and a gazebo and like a trestle table. And I was like, "Well, this wow. is it. This is happening." And I would go stand at markets on the weekend, and it was hard. It was really hard. Um, but you know, it was like I could see every weekend my sales would increase. And um, it kind of just taught me, and it taught me a lot about business. Um, there's so much that they don't teach us in school about business. And they well, really should. Yeah. They really should. Like how to calculate like so many things, um, profits and losses, and how to register a company, and when you should register for that. And like these are things that people just do not ever tell you. And like 100%. you just learn these things the hard way and often like you were supposed to do something and you didn't and then you could have potentially been fine for not doing it but you quickly fixed it. <laughs> so like it was just cool. It was a really cool learning experience. Um, and now like I can talk confidently about it uh, but it, ca it came from sort of that learning um, experience. Otherwise I wouldn't have known these things either. Because, you know, what's really interesting is that, you know, as being such a business fanatic as you are, I was about to ask you, where did you learn that from? Because I know in our business classes, we were never taught any of this. No. We were just what like, is this? What is a PTUI? What's a CC? Like stupid theory, but that's what school is about. It's really useless knowledge. Um, so but you know what I appreciate about your story is that, through your trial and error and through your real life experiences, did you really learn the lesson? And for those of you out there who are listening into this, it's very easy to look at someone, I think, and look at the overall picture of their success. But what we don't look into is what they had to go through and the trials and tribulations and all the downside that they had to experience in order to learn the lesson. So I know it's such a cliche thing, but it really isn't an overnight thing. Um, and I think you are really living proof of that. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you, like, I, in business, I've learned some really, really hard lessons. And I've learned, I've lost some real money. <laughs> and that's just because, like, you're young and naive. And, um, yeah, and unless you have, like, a mentor, because I suppose if you'd found, if I'd found, like, a, a mm -hmm. mentor and they sort of walked me through it, um, that yeah. would have been less risky. However, I didn't um, take that road. And you know what? Like, I don't feel sad about any of those losses. Like, really, I, I just took so much from them. And uh, you kind of move on and you become better at it. And no good business is, is built out of, like, an easy journey. You have to have struggles. Otherwise, your story really is not worth it. Well, Claire, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because the whole purpose of my podcast and why I've named it what I have is Reversion to Mediocrity. I really do believe that the more times you experience something, the more familiar it becomes and you get to overcome that thing. Because I feel like so many people are looking at the extremes for the answers and they're looking to you know, find the solutions in so many extremities. But I think the real solution lies with us. It, it's in the mediocrity of who we are as human beings. 
and by going through experiences and that's kind of how we learn and navigate through life. And it's so nice to hear that that's something that you believe in because you've lived that when it comes to business and you've been through the hardships and I can only imagine what last year was like. I mean, when it came to this whole COVID debacle, mm. how did you manage your business and your staff throughout this whole uh, crazy time? So like, yeah, so like the five-week lockdown period, I promise you, I can't even remember what I did for five weeks because all I did was try and hustle. All I did was try hustle money for like to pay things. Yeah. So like yeah. debit orders were still going off, like business insurance, mm-hmm. your Wi-Fi, your phones, um, staff, like they want to get paid. Like it's hard for them to sort of comprehend the fact that there is zero turnover um, coming in. Yeah. So I like I applied for quite a few um, sort of funding opportunities and and landed a couple. So really we were fine. um, But it was a lot of like administerial things and just like I I promise you I did also so many talks, you know, like this um, to people. We kind of did a collaboration with um, one of the sort of credit card companies which came with a bit of cash in return um, hey, fantastic. but really like hustled 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 and I like I can proudly say like my staff got paid throughout uh, lockdown um, so yeah that's, that's cool uh, but uh, however I did I did really tell myself that I don't know if I would have been able to survive a second level five well, that's the thing, right? Because I think a lot of people are kind of expecting a possible level five. And to be honest, I think a lot of people just gave up after the first kind of run of the level five. And I think what inspires me about listening to what you're saying now is that, you know what, the thing is like you fought. You didn't just sit back and say, oh, well, this is it. I'm done. And um, sayonara. Uh, you kind of did everything that you had to do in order to secure the bag, so to speak. Totally, um, totally. But we, we crowdfunding, we did crowdfunding. We did, uh, you could buy a discounted voucher for future use, like so many things. And you know what, like wh- that, that to me is business, like that to me is a real business person who is putting it all out there to do what they need to do. Because I think, what, a, what COVID has taught a lot of people in this time, for me, what I've seen is that people's egos went out the window. People's, you know, their value on, on things that don't matter kind of went out the window and they were just focused on what's important, what do I need to make sure happens. So in a, in a weird way, COVID also did some good. It's a matter of perspective, but, but what do you feel about it? That? Was, I feel it was super humbling, like to so many people. And I think that if you went through this experience and you did not take that like lesson out of it, I actually feel sorry. So if you went through this last year and didn't self-reflect and think about like what's important and um, how you can help other people and um, unnecessary like things in your life that you don't really need, how do you sort of like purge those? If you didn't really take the yeah. time to like look at yourself and ask those questions and reevaluate your whole life, 
I like yeah. I genuinely and not in a condescending way in like a, like I genuinely feel like sorry for you because I feel like it was intended to be um a lesson for for most people um yeah. and like because of the way the way we live and like our values and all those things like it's so messed up so it was really great and I know some people that kind of just went to their holiday homes for the the period and, <laughs> and like life went on for them um and I also know like a lot of people that treated their staff really badly and um yeah. that's really sad uh and they didn't learn anything from this and and people had to suffer and people had to suffer you know um, at their expense but i think you know one day they'll kind of wake up and realize well you know it's so sad because you're right i've heard a lot of horror stories when it comes to how people are being treated as staff and stuff during this time but this is why i really respect you as being the business person that you are is because i always for everyone that has business or is in business um, I always look at what do other people say about you or your business. And I think there is no better re- uh, reflection of that than about two years ago on Google, you somebody rated you. Uh, everyone else was five stars, by the way. And there was this one person who, who had a one star. But you replied and said, hi, this is Cleo, the owner. I noticed the one star review. Was there something that you did not enjoy? And to me, that shows the sign of someone who cares, who's someone who is in this for the right reason. And it's something that I think everybody can respect. And the thing is, not everybody does that. And in this time, in COVID time, I, I can't understand how that cannot be the default because business is so fragile at the moment. You have to care. Otherwise, it's just not going to work yeah, out. Yeah, I, I reply like, because people rate and, you know, I work for um a couple of restaurants and I sit and I reply to um, all of the Uber Eats and Mr. D reviews every morning. And like, I oh. like, and I like this because I genuinely care. And like a one star rate like breaks my heart. So I want to know what went wrong and how can I fix it? How can I fix it? But often people don't need contact details. So it's like impossible to reach out, to rectify. And um, yeah. so in that instance, yeah. I like, I'm, I can't believe you saw that, but I did respond to that person and I asked for their, their information so that I could reach out to them. And I never heard that. And you know what? I mean, unfortunately, they didn't get back to you. But for me, that's one of the things that I think everybody can respect about you is that most people wouldn't even bother replying to that. But you did because you and, and I've seen you reply to every single comments and I think that's why you've gotten so many amazing reviews I mean I can go through the list here and people have been loving your food and your store uh, and I think it's I think it's one of the most five star rated places I've ever come across over, for for a while now so that speaks volumes uh Claire. so like really congrats on that because that's not easy thanks to do. thanks it's not easy and people can be really difficult so it's not easy really it's a challenge <laughs> no it is but that brings us to you know the the big elephant in the room which is honest food the amazing place that you have created and i think for me one of the earliest things one of the the things that i want to know is why the name honest how did that come about um you know 
It's also like the juice bar and people ask me all the time, like, where did that come from? I actually can't tell you. It was just, it just kind of was there. Um, I just wanted to, like, what I wanted was to create a place with food that just was yeah. transparent. Um, and, you know, I'm obviously plant, I eat plant-based um, and Honest isn't only plant-based, but that's the focus. So yeah. I had to come to some sort of compromise with my landlord. So I do have some meat alternatives there. However, um, okay. for me, it was transparent food and it was really just a reflection of the way that I eat. That's really what I wanted to achieve. Um, and often yeah. we like we eat healthy food and um, I know like some major like health um, franchises will have a smoothie, but it's full yeah. of like, it's just full of crap. And oh, full of sugar and crap and, and all that like, jazz. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, you're being really dishonest to, you know, the customer. Okay. So I just wanted to avoid that. So it was just very simple food. Um, but the ingredients are, uh, this is what I'll accept and this is what I won't accept serving. Um, and yeah. actually the whole premise was you can walk into the kitchen at any time and there's nothing to hide. Like as a customer, if you want to go in and see a client, you see, I, go I, ahead. I really like that because I used to have conversations all the time around, you know, when you're sitting at a, at, at a restaurant and you just think to yourself, I wonder what the hell is going on in that kitchen right now with my food. And if there was like a camera in there, I wonder if I'd be horrified or would I be yeah. okay? But you say like with you, it's like at any time, walk in there and you know you're going to be happy. No, totally. And it's because that's what I would expect going and eating out. And like even at the restaurant that I'm currently based at, I mean, we have a fully open kitchen. So you can see what's happening. And what's being used, and like that's the whole idea. And you're gonna pay a little bit extra. Like, don't get me wrong, but I can guarantee you that it's but like it's value for money. Hundred percent, right? Paying for peace of mind, value for money, and and look, your customers are are you know hardcore ambassadors of of your food. So you are sure it's good. And by the way, if any of you guys have not eaten that honest food, what the hell have you been doing? Make sure you go and check it out. But we're going to get all that information in a bit from here. But it's not just honest food because what's interesting about you and the brand that you've built is that there is honest well-being, there's honest yoga. So there's more going on here. So how and why, I guess, did you want to sort of branch out to these different aspects? So I meet so many new people every day and like I often befriend these people and um, it's always about like, how can we collaborate? What can we do? Um, and often yeah. it's people that also want a platform um, to start their own business or sort of to elevate their own mm -hmm. business. And I've got nothing to lose by, you know, by using the Honest platform already. So um, with Honest sure. Yoga, um, one of, well, she's a friend now. Um, she is a mm -hmm. yoga instructor and she taught a class at Honest. And then we sort of collaborated and said, cool, let's do Honest Yoga. I'll do food, you do yoga, and let's do these, um, let's do wow. these functions. And we've also, like, we've done a lot of fundraisers, which is very cool. And we've raised money for some really good causes. Our last one was for an animal shelter. 
and it was just sensational. Mm-hmm. We did a picnic and a yoga class. Um, so yeah, she's like always just sort of bouncing ideas off of me and, and I with her. And um, we've got like another thing that we was planning, which is sort of, we haven't actually come up with a name yet, but it will be like a, a yoga or meditation followed by private catering, which I'll do. So she'll do a class and afterwards I'll um, have a meal prep. Um, but the meal will be very aligned with the class, like the purpose of the class and the intention that was set. And it could be a girl's evening yeah. or a like, romantic couple evening or something like that. Um, oh, that's so, a, that's an yeah, I think just I like I have these ideas all the time, and some of them don't work, and some of them do. But if you don't try, uh, you'll never know. Well, do you know what? I I so agree with you because I have the same belief. I'm happy to share all of my ideas out there because you know, like people can can take them if they want to, but I can always come up with ideas quicker than exactly. people can steal them. So I have no issue with it at all and also by sharing your ideas i think you free your mind as well to create space for new ideas and innovation so i think that is a huge element of success and happiness uh, because i think so many people out there given the world we live in people just want to hold on to what they know and they're so afraid and scared to share things that they know but i find that very strange and i I can't understand it Um, but again that's a scarce mentality i suppose it's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that makes people, I guess, fear sharing the information. But it's so fantastic to hear, though, that, that, that this is what you're doing. You're creating those new experiences. I know there's going to be people who are lining up for that because that sounds phenomenal. When does that launch? So we are that? having a trial sort of dinner um, on the 14th of what month are we in? The 14th of March. We're having... We we, are, yeah, so next month. So next, yeah, we're having like a trial with an influencer, in inverted commas, but it is someone who can give us some exposure for it. I mean, just to get some cool photographs. Um, so we're doing it for a group of cool, of cool ladies. Um, just, you know, so we can get some photos out of it and do some marketing. Uh, so yeah, probably in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I cannot wait to follow the journey of that. And um, and I just know it's going to be a phenomenal success. And I'm sure everybody, um, all of your fans are going to definitely be there to support you and and to experience it. And I know that people who, for the the 5% of people who haven't heard about you, uh, I know now they're definitely going to want to experience that. So we definitely are rooting for you, Claire. Um, So, yeah, I know that's going to be a huge success. Um, but I mean, when it comes to like stuff like happiness, right? I'm so intrigued to know what is that for you? What does that word mean for you? What are what are some of the things that pops into your head when you hear that word happiness? And how would you kind of go about informing, teaching, and educating other people on what that means? Such a such a tricky question. That's a loaded one, right? That's like a bazooka a to your face. I'm so sorry. But, but like, I, I can, you know, I can honestly say, and like from the bottom of my heart, every day I experience true happiness. Um, and like it's mm-hmm. it's an accumulation of many things. Like it's not just one thing. Um, so um, let's start with work because that's where you spend most of your time. 
I think you have to do something you love, which is not always possible, mm-hmm. but you also can't be doing something every day that you loathe. Um, because that really, like, yeah. we spend most of our time at work. I spend 11 hours a day at work. Um, so for me, that's huge. And I'm in an environment, the industry that I'm in is full of, like, hotheads. Um, it's On paper, it's, like, a really aggressive industry. If you think of, like, chefs shouting at each other and, like, crew mm. managers. Do you, like, carry safe in your pocket or something? Like, amethyst crystals with you just to And, you know, like, that's not me and that's not my management style. And I'm, like, very mm. calm, cool, and collected in my approach to all of my um, sort of managerial uh, tasks that I have to do. Yeah. And I promise you, you don't understand the amount of respect I get in return from my colleagues. Um, and it's just a very peaceful working environment. And like I'm, I've heard many of them say, okay, if you ever leave, we'll leave as well. You know, and of course I don't want that. But I just think wow. such a huge created topic, such a like a it's I want to be happy at work and you want to be happy at work. So why should we fight at work? So like for me, that's number one is your work environment has to be a happy place. Otherwise, uh, that'll yeah. carry into the rest of your life and um, it, it won't be happy. Um, secondly, I think, um, like, and this is so important to me, is like comfortability in who you are as a person. And like that's massive. Sure. And mm-hmm. I would say like a tiny, tiny fraction of people ever experience that. And it's really hard to it's 100%. hard to achieve. So like I don't I don't for a second think that everyone should be at that level because it takes so much work to get to that point. But you truly have oh, yeah. to be happy in yourself um, and accepting of yourself and who you are and your flaws. Um, and your pluses, I mean, we're all amazing in our own rights. But you just have to sort of acknowledge, accept, and love yourself. And you're going to be happy, really, um, in that regard. And then also, like, your your relationships and your friendships and any sort of um, relation you have with colleagues, family, friends, I mean, those have to be healthy. Um, so, like... You don't, you're not going to get, I really am like easy um, to get on with, but there are some people that I just don't get on with and it's, it's really, it's bizarre, but it, it just is what it is. And there's no need to force those relationships. And I promise you 99% of the time I like, I love, like, I love you, but there is like, there, there's, there's some people I meet and I'm just like, whoa, like we're not aligned. And you know what? We don't have to be aligned, and that's okay. And but I think people sort of get caught in like friendships and relationships, and like even relationships with family members that are just they're so unhealthy, and like there's this need to force the relationship. And like for me, and I tell myself this every day: if if a relationship is not serving you, like cut it, cut it. And I mean that. The person on the receiving end can be saying the same thing. If the relationship isn't, you know, serving them, they should cut it and then move on. Um, so that's also really important. Um, 
You know, it's powerful though, Clay, what you what you're saying because I agree with you 100 million percent. I'm thinking of the young lady who's listening into this podcast right now, listening to you, inspired by you, hearing what you say, and her saying, "Well, it's my mom. How do I do that? How do I cut that tie?" I don't speak to my dad, and I'm not sad about it. I'm not. We are just not aligned and we've tried to have a relationship many times and it just doesn't work um it's just one of those things and like i'm a strong believer that like you come into this world as this like a sovereign being and we've got these relationships um, and these connections to people but ultimately you are a loner and that happiness is that's primary and like a family member that's sort of like Oh, dragging you down in some way, you can cut that. And you don't have to feel, you do not have to feel mm. guilty about it at all. Like, And I think people, sometimes people think I'm so, uh, they've, they've said I'm heartless and I've heard that a couple of times and it's not that. It's just like, you I'm need to care about before. yourself first and, um, you know, put yourself first. And it's like, it takes a while to get to that point where you can comfortably do that. Yeah, you're right. Because I think people misinterpret selfishness exactly. with like self-care. And and I think also like you'll get it a lot where you say people will think you're heartless and you're so cold-blooded. But you're not though. You're actually one of the most caring people out there. If people understood the concept of, of self-love and, and caring for yourself, that would give them a whole new perspective on, on what exactly. life really is. And it's, it's a really freeing experience huge the, the the liberation i think that people like you and i feel from that is yeah. we can't even put that into words as much as we try it's almost a it's like when it, even when it comes to like consciousness or mindfulness i always tell people i can't explain it to you but you need to feel it like you can't try to figure this out in your head but you have to experience it to know what i'm talking about and i think it's very similar to this this as well um yeah, I think even with a lot of people that are, that I run into, I always try to give them the idea that if you really want to be selfless in your life, then you need to be a little bit selfish first. You need to look after yourself first because if you're not okay, then nothing else is going to be okay. And all your relationships are going to be fake and false and it's not going to be exactly. what you and think like it's going to be. Once you're okay on your own and like fully okay on your own and accepting of yourself, everything else sort of like falls into place around you. And it is, it's like, it's, it's a beautiful feeling to feel that way. And I think not many people experience that um, because they're so afraid yeah. to be on their own. Um, but it's your own company well, is thing. just like mind blowing. And I think people just don't ever give themselves that opportunity. I know if like my, some of my closest <laughs> friends have said to me, they're like, Oh, I would never sit at a restaurant by myself. Why? It's because we're so worried about know, what other people think about us. And that is so sad. It's really sad. Have you heard the story? I think it's in like Japan or something where if you go to a restaurant by yourself, they will put a doll oh in the other chair goodness. just so you don't feel... That's so sad. I shit you not. These things are happening in the world. 
And I think for me, like, it's also, it's very sad because if you're not learning to be comfortable with yourself and if you always feel like you need other people to make you happy, you are just setting yourself up for long-term failure and disappointment. And, and that's but a you know, like, And I know this is a massive generalization. Like females often feel like they always have to be with someone to feel complete. Um, so you'll get like... Yeah chicks that go from yeah. one relationship to the next to the next to the next and i know like lots of people like this mm. and they're so afraid to be on their own but they're so unhappy mm. being with like that person so they they just they like there's this, con- this misconception that being alone is like really sad and you're 31 and you're single and and i'm like it's it's actually oh, such, it's such a happy thing, thing, actually. But, uh, oh. you know, I think that I think that those people have a lot to learn in this life. And maybe in their next life, they will have a bit more um, knowledge and will feel a bit more comfortable on their mm-hmm. own. I hope so, because I think we live in this, 2021 has, well, to be fair, the last couple of years have been such a false premise kind of existence, because we look at the Instagram lifestyle, we look at how people are living, and we just front, like people front all the time, 24-7, everything is filtered, everything is polished, like it's just so not real. And I thought by now people would kind of be waking up to the fact that maybe I don't have to live up to an expectation that doesn't exist but most people I think it's getting worse I think people are becoming like more yeah. obsessed with it and um, more unhappy with who they are and I like I was listening to the radio I think it was this morning and like mm-hmm. there was they were talking about depression stats and how like mental health has declined mm-hmm. since um, the start of social media and it's just like getting so much worse and it's true um and, mm-hmm. you know, like, you can fall into that trap so easily. And, like, sometimes I, like, catch myself. I really, and I have to I have to shake myself. And I'm like, that's not real. That's not really how they live. Like, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. But, you know, the other side of that coin is people are looking at you and thinking, oh, my God, she has everything figured out. She is this perfect picture of happiness and success. And they don't even know the actual realities yeah. of yeah, what you have to go it's through. It's true. So it's it's such a it's such a weird world, I think, that we live in. But but again, I think it's self awareness, as you've mentioned before, and a lot of work, a lot of introspection in terms of who you are as a person. Because something like plant based, oh my god, don't get me started with that. Because the minute you say that to someone, they have like a million questions for you, and I'm sure you have had many challenges with trying to explain. To people, oh, why are you vegan? I've why left, you like, I've left social world. gatherings because of like comment, uh, commentary. But there <laughs> again, like I remove myself from situations that like are not serving me, um, and I'm I'm happy to do that, you know. Yeah, so like I, I also I don't entertain that nonsense anymore. Like I did in the beginning, and I would like I would have a fiery response, <laughs> but um, often it's like really ignorant people that are that are challenging you and it's not worth, it's really not worth the, the argument. Someone asked me the other day, it was one of my family members and they said, how do you like, you know, if someone yeah. like challenges you or argues with you, cause I'm like, I just walk away and I don't, mm. I don't like feed into it. And they're like, how do 
No, and they said, how no, do you, you don't do give them that? An and I was like, oh, I don't know. It's just uh, like what a waste of energy. What a waste of energy on on like a negative person. It really is, right? I mean, there's such ignorant questions that get thrown into people like us, our faces about veganism and all this kind of thing. So yeah, I totally get you on that. And I, and I agree with you. I'm on that page now where I, I don't spend any time or energy trying to explain, well, why are you vegan? Are you okay? How, how long are you doing this it's for? Where do you get your protein from? Question. All of that <laughs> bullshit. But, but Claire, one thing I've got to know, okay, like I, I would be remiss not to ask you of this on this podcast. When is oh, Bo getting his own Instagram know, page? We have baby. to know. He, he, <laughs> he should. It's almost his fifth birthday. Um, and I know that people think I'm crazy because I oh. document that. But he's turning five on the 18th of March. And I love him so much. Mm. And you know what um, What people don't understand is like with him, um, I went through some really rough patches in my life. And he was like a constant um, yeah. throughout. And... You know, like, I think an animal can be a soulmate too. Um, and like, he, yeah, I mean, he, never thought he about can't that. That's speak, but he can sure as hell listen. And like, whatever I went through, like a breath breakup or like moving or a failed business, I mean, he was there. And, you know, um, I think that's why I love him so much. And some people think it's cool, but some people think I'm totally weird. And that's okay. <laughs> but you, I, you know what? It makes so much sense, though, because now if I even look back in my own life and my pets and stuff, you're right, though. Like, they do sort of bond, form that soul bonding relationship with you. And they, I promise you, when I like, so when I drive home now, um, he will be waiting for me in my parking yep. bay. Waiting. And it's like unreal. And That's like no cool. matter what time it is, he's there waiting for me and he like walks me into the house. It's it's bizarre. But um it's beautiful. And I think like that's why I like that played a huge part in my plant based journey. Because animals are and like I can't because I can't um I can't differentiate between him and a cow or a pig. So I love him so much and he's yep. so intelligent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how, who am I to think any differently of another animal? And I think that's one of the, like, the arguments that people like us have is that how do you differentiate between your favorite pet and another animal? Um, there's because no, really, is there a difference? There's no difference. Really? And I think, and I think we'll, the world, yeah. will, the world yeah. will come to that conclusion eventually. It might take a while, but I do think that like, I think give it some time mm -hmm. and like animals will get more rights. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of things will change and yeah. I, like, I wish I could have it in my lifetime, but I do think eventually um, it, we really will see a turnaround with this whole thing. I think you're right. I think, I think, you know, noticing the, some of the trends that have been going on for the last couple of years now, I think there is quite an uptake of more animal awareness, animal rights. And I think it's moving in the right direction. And, for certain, like people like you and companies like yours are really pushing the limit to or pushing the boundaries to, for making people understand that. So that's huge. And I think, uh, you know, you're doing such a phenomenal job. So like I am super, super proud of you uh, being someone who has known you 
I can, I, I'm the guy who can say, oh, is that yeah. famous person? Yeah, I went to school with her. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take that one for me. Uh, but before we let you go there, right, I'm going to okay. play a little word association game. Very simple. What I want you to do, I'm going to say a word, and you're okay. going to tell me what's the first word that pops into your okay. head. Word or a phrase that pops into your head. Okay? So uh, there's only five, so we're going to go. Mental Self-care. health. Nice cream. Nice cream. Like ice cream. You know what that is, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah, but it's bananas. Made with, <laughs> nice made with, made with bananas. Yeah. Nice cream. Mm. <laughs> wow, that is a hard one. What pops into my head with nice cream? A smoothie, probably. Uh-huh. Okay, zoos. What? Like, zoos? oh, animal, animal captivity. <laughs> Prisons. Yeah. Prisons. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, um, working out. Something I don't do enough of. <laughs> Yoga. Uh, meditation. And last one is 2021. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Uh, I was, <laughs> yeah, that was great, by the way. That was a huge thing. I, I, I love it. I love how people's minds associate things uh, with the. I, mean, oh, no, I, 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 I thought you would have known ice cream. Though, Can right? I tell like, you what? So that's a I, like, in my mind, ice cream is vegan ice cream, right? So I was at my gran um, last mm-hmm. night and she loves waffles. Not last night, the night before. So my sister and I ordered her a waffle from a particular mm-hmm. restaurant. And I said, it comes with nice cream. And I was like, wait yeah. a second. I know that they're not vegan. So why are they using that word? So that's like, that's why it threw me so much. Because I promise you, when you said that, I thought waffle. Because <laughs> so confusing they're using that on their menu yeah so really and that's I interesting them. <laughs> but listen Claire, it's been an absolute honor privilege i'm super humble to have you uh, on, on the show i really do appreciate you being here thank i'm gonna let you, you run now because i know you've got to get home but i want to say thank you and uh, it's been such a such a great uh, episode and so much of insight so much of knowledge so much of wisdom uh, one of the last thing that you'd like to share with, with the audience listening to this uh, before you go. And also, um, where so can the people find us find? on um, Instagram, Facebook, and all those things um, at Honest Food Store. And then um, one last thought, and it's I, I tell myself this every day, happiness comes from within. And mm-hmm. like, that's it.